We always make it make it a point to after the kids make their first communion to take them into the adoration chapel, and and teach them that this is where Jesus is. Like he's in your body and you're a tabernacle, a, a little tabernacle for him. Um, but when you need to talk to him, he's here. You know, he's here is his presence. And I think it's important because a lot of the times. The families get wrapped up in the party and the dress and the veil and the <laughs> all of that. And it's really important that they know this is what it's all about. Welcome to the I Am Here podcast, a space to be inspired by stories of men and women who have found in the Eucharist the strength and purpose for their lives. I'm your co-host, Leah Butalid, and I've been gathering stories for IamHere.org. And I'm Father Mario Amori, a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit, And today we welcome our guest, Linda North, to share her story. Thanks for joining us, Linda. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so glad that you're here. And so um, can you tell us a little bit about the parish that you belong to here in the Archdiocese of Detroit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I belong to Shrine of the Little Flower uh, in Royal Oak. And I was actually baptized there. Whoa. And I went to school there for a little bit. And then we moved to um, Birmingham. And then I went to St. Regis. But my sister stayed through the um, school all the way through and graduated from the Shrine High School and I went um, I went to St. Regis and then I went to Marion but then um, I kind of came back to Royal Oak once we had our family and uh, now I'm here and my husband kind of makes fun of me because he's from England so he's he's traveled 3,000 miles from (laughs) his house (laughs) and I have not gone very far because I just always felt like Shrine was my home you know and and just the other day I was sitting at uh, daily mass and I thought I think I I was baptized here and I think I'm gonna have my funeral here like that's how I feel just it's it's such a welcoming place to be Really yeah. strong ties. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, you mentioned your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your family life. Okay. So my husband and I are, uh, we've been married 31 years. We have eight kids. We have four girls and four boys. And they range in age from 28 to 10. And um, so he grew up in England and then he came over here for work. And that's when we met. And we got married in England, and then we, but we live, we came back here, and we we started our life here, together. And he actually wasn't Catholic when I married him, and through the power of the Eucharist and through a lot of prayer and adoration, um, he he got the call to become Catholic, and he did in wow. 2000. Oh wow! And now I feel like he is studying and reading so much that he almost knows more than I do as a cradle Catholic. Oh my goodness. So amazing. uh, It's been good. You and your husband started your life here Mm -hmm. and um, you have a big beautiful family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you always stick around here in the Royal Oak area? Uh, No at first we started off in Troy okay and then um, because my husband worked in Oxford Michigan so Mm -hmm. then we um, started off in Troy then we moved to Lake Orion and then um, then we came back to Royal Oak Okay. And then for a while we were in Buffalo, New York, which I... Yeah, tell us <laughs> a little bit that. about that. Yeah, so that was my husband's, um, his work wanted him to, uh, us to move there. 
uh, for a total of 18 to three, 18 months to three years. Wow. And we had five kids under the age of 10 oh at the time. Gosh. And I, when he came home and told me that we were supposed to move to Buffalo, New York, I said, I don't want to go, you know, yeah. like my whole, uh, my family wasn't here per se. My parents were in Lansing, Michigan, and then um, my sister was in Wisconsin. But my Shrine family was here and I didn't want to leave them. And yeah. I even remember going into the principal's office at Shrine and I said, I don't want to go. And she said, Well, you don't have to go. We'll take care of you. Like, you can commute <laughs> to see your husband on the weekends. Oh, and I was like, I don't think that's going to work. But, yeah. um, but they just wanted us to stay so bad. But we did go. And that's wow. when it was just, you know, I didn't know anybody. Wow. And it was hard because at Shrine, there are no buses you just um so you get out and you talk to all the parents and when you're dropping the kids off and picking them up and then in new york it was buses so we never actually met anybody you know at first so that was hard i remember putting on my um my form for the schools that the person like my emergency contact was my realtor (laughs) because i didn't know anyone else you know but but gradually i met my neighbor and she was yeah. super nice and um and i met a woman who's also from michigan and she had the same van as i did at a <laughs> soccer game and she had six kids and awesome. she just kind of wrapped her arms around me after a lot of prayer that i had prayed you know to please bring me friends and people that i can rely on you know mm-hmm. yeah so. so you you were kind of imbued in just a, a beautiful parish at uh the shrine mm-hmm. and you moved to Buffalo mm-hmm. um, what what was it like kind of getting acquainted with the parish there what was your what was your experience of, of parish life mm-hmm. it was um, it was interesting because we only had one day to go we had my parents watch the kids and then my husband and I went to Buffalo to find a school find a house find a school and find a parish and the par- luckily the parish and the school were connected and it was St. Peter and Paul and uh, but my um, the principal at our old school said, you know, once you'll know, like what when you walk in, you'll know. And we went to five different schools and parishes, and we did. We walked in there, and it just felt comfortable, mm-hmm. and it felt nice. But um, so that's why we picked that parish. And a lot of our the people that we met through that one lady with with the van, mm-hmm. she a lot of them went to that parish. Mm-hmm. So. It was good. It was hard at first, you know, because you look around and you don't know anyone and Mm -hmm. you're in a room full of people, but you feel lonely. Um, But Jesus was there. And every time I went to communion and I would come back to the pew, I would just like ask him to fill me with the strength and wisdom that he had like to get me through that hard time mm-hmm. of not knowing anybody mm-hmm. and, yeah. and missing all my family. And it was, and it wasn't back in those days, it wasn't, I couldn't text anyone or, oh. you know, so, and my kids were all, were home. And so I couldn't complain to anybody <laughs> on the phone because yeah. they were listening, yeah. you know, so it, like I had no, um, you know, outlet for that. So it was, I prayed a lot <laughs> during that time. Yeah. <laughs> so the parish was a great source of consolation mm-hmm. for you, really. Yeah. Um, I think when we think about kind of the old days of the church, right? Mm-hmm. We think about, you know, the neighborhood. The parish was the center mm-hmm. of the neighborhood. And, and as Catholics, um, really your identity was found 
from the parish that you attended. And mm-hmm. um, one of the, I think p- part of what we've lost a little bit is that, uh, that strong attachment to our parish. Mm-hmm. And um, this, your, your example here is uh, really a testament, a testimony to the need to be, to be attached Mm-hmm. to a parish community and and the power and the importance that is in in our life um on, on many different levels on the spiritual level but also mm-hmm. just on on the level of just relationship mm-hmm. with other people yeah I and agree. so yeah that, that mm-hmm. was um for you as you mentioned just just a great blessing and i think a, a, a strong part of part of your own testimony mm-hmm. and so you uh through the gift of this awesome community, this parish, you return to Jesus time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, you say you prayed often, cause mm-hmm. lacking kind of some some uh, f- more familiar outlets that you might have had here. What was th- what was prayer like during that time? You know, um, and how did how did you you mentioned some of the gifts that showed up in these relationships, but um, but how did you see Jesus responding to your prayer and taking care of you, um, comforting you during this? It was season? it was pretty awesome the way he did it, and I just remember having a dream where this man was like following me and trying to like just he kept following me trying to carry me and I kept thinking what is happening in this I mean I remember kind of thinking like what is happening right now and when I woke up and I really started thinking about it I'm like that was Jesus like he was trying to carry me through this really difficult time in my life you know and um so that gave me great comfort to know that um and he I don't know, he just, he kept sending me all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. He sent me my neighbor who she also, she was a transplant from Texas and she was not happy to be there either. Oh. So he, she would come over every Tuesday, she would bring lunch and we would talk while the kids were napping. Oh. And then she would babysit so I could go out sometimes cause I didn't have a babysitter yeah. and I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And um, so he, I felt like he just kept sending little um, gifts of, people and relationships and when my husband and I look back on that time that we were out in Buffalo we realized how much family time we had together because we didn't know anybody so we spent a lot of time as a family and not running around crazy and dropping kids off everywhere you know so that was really it was really good I think part of too as as we think about our our Catholic um, our sacraments our rituals um, sometimes one of the maybe one of the criticisms, we'll say that, mm-hmm. is that we do the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of variety in mm-hmm. it, right? And so, so that, yeah, that, that's a, a real reaction maybe. But we also see the beauty in in the ritual and in the mm-hmm. um, routine, mm-hmm. if you will, or, mm-hmm. or in, in our structure for the Mass. So mm-hmm. I imagine for you, yeah. um, having gone from, again, just a, just a strong community into a new place, mm-hmm. um, yeah, can can you comment on how the familiarity of the Mass, the sacraments, mm-hmm. the Holy Eucharist mm-hmm. helped during that time? Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, so, you know, every weekend we would say, what Mass are we going to? Let's go. And it was hard with, with five kids under 10. You know, it wasn't the easiest, but, um, but just walking into that church and feeling the, um, just the love that was there and, you know, I just today I just read of Matthew Kelly saying like 
make sure that you know where the nearest tabernacle is, mm-hmm. you know, so that you know Jesus is with you and in your life. And that's how I felt. Like the tabernacle was there, I was there, and we could connect in that way. Wow. And um, and and just yeah, the ritual of all you know, everything was the same. So mm-hmm. and I um, I could feel that that community there, even though I didn't know anybody, you could feel that. Um, they had their community and they had a community with Jesus so mm-hmm. that helped um, made it a little bit easier <laughs> Definitely. yeah and so how long did this season in Buffalo last how long were you there? 18 months to the day to the day mm-hmm. okay uh-huh. I was praying to St. Anthony <laughs> I prayed to St. Anthony Novena and my husband called and said we're going back how wow. fast can you have the house packed up I said just give me a day. Wow. <laughs> back it up and we'll go. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, yeah, we came back in the middle of February. Okay. I was pregnant with my sixth baby. And we had rented our house in Royal Oak. Um, so we were able to come back to that house. Okay. We were going to do some renovations. So we went to a rental house in Huntington Woods. Okay. And then I think two weeks before I had my sixth baby, we moved back mm. into that, our original house. Wow. Yeah, so it was a little crazy time, but <laughs> I didn't care, and I called the school, and I asked them if they had room for yeah. the kids to come back in, and they were really gracious and were able to get them in. So we were back in our, in our place of comfort again, I guess, but God has to take you out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, and I tell my kids this all the time, you might have hard times and you know you're in something difficult and you don't see what a blessing it is until you're way out of it and then you look back and then you can see how god was working in your life you know and that was kind of the same thing for me when i was in it it was awful (laughs) you know and i was um was lonely and and missing my friends but looking back then i look back and see all the blessings of family time and getting closer to jesus and and uh, making new friends. Yeah, Jesus provides for every one of our needs, right? Mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. when we, yeah, even when we're feeling it, and, <laughs> yeah, and even especially when when we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often, part of what what we're called to in the moments of of difficulty, in the moments of uh, hardship or stress, is just just to be mindful or be on the lookout or be be especially attentive to the blessings. You mm-hmm. know how, how you said. Mm-hmm. You had this image of of the Lord carrying you, mm-hmm. and that was that was precisely uh, what He was doing during this time, and what He desires to do for us. Um, and it's it's really about receiving, mm-hmm. you know, being being um, open to receiving how the Lord is working, mm-hmm. how the Lord uh, is loving us in those moments, um, even when we don't like the circumstance, right? <laughs> even when it, when we'd rather it be be different Mm -hmm. um but the lord is is providing for us and and he's loving us yeah yeah i think you're you're such a um a witness to what it means to lean into that you know when Mm -hmm. when things aren't going how we want them um just leaning on jesus and Mm -hmm. depending on him and relying on him um how when you look back on that time and then coming back to home mm-hmm. and to everything that you loved and everything that was so familiar um did you sense a, 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 any type of you know 
growth or change in how you related to Jesus following this season of kind of, you know, leaning 100% on him mm-hmm. um, and yeah. learning to depend on him in ways you hadn't before, maybe? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I always tell my friends, you know, that every time, because I, you know, I would have a baby and then I would I would pray after communion, you know, okay, so what do you want me to do next? You know, I don't know what direction I should go in, especially after we got back from Buffalo. You know, I wasn't sure what he wanted me to do. Now that I was back, is there something yeah. I need to do? And um, But it was kind of funny because every time I would pray that prayer, then I would get pregnant and oh. then I'd have another baby. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, and finally I, I kind of came to the, the realization that he wants you to be a mom and he wants mm-hmm. you to be a good mom and he wants that to be your vocation you know and once I realized that um and and also just I think because moving to Buffalo it it really got me closer to my kids and it helped me to and I had to help them adjust um it made me realize like I needed to be a strong mom you know for them and um so yeah I think he opened my eyes to this is what I want you to do and just keep having babies as long as you can (laughs) and um and be a good mom. So wow. that's what I strive to do. It's not always easy, but but definitely worth it. You know? Incredible. A lot of times my friends will call me and say, like, can you go out or can you do this? And mm-hmm. like, no, motherhood's calling. Like, I have wow. to stay home tonight. My little guy wants to, you know, snuggle before he goes to bed or whatever. Yeah. So motherhood calls a lot, but that's okay because that's, that's my job. Yeah. You know. Oh, what a gift. <laughs> yeah. So you've made it from from Royal, Royal Oak and to Buffalo mm-hmm. and back to Royal Oak mm-hmm. now. Um, the Lord with you every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you mentioned, you know, you have a, a busy life, a busy vocation mm-hmm. as a mother, mm-hmm. um, loving your children, um, providing for their needs, uh, really being a face for Christ, mm-hmm. uh, for them, for your family, for your husband. Um, so still in in the midst of a, a busy life that that you have mm-hmm. um what role does the eucharist play for you oh it's it's big um luckily we have 24-hour adoration mm-hmm. at shrine so that's really uh that's a beautiful thing and i try to go there as much as possible and um i've even reconnected with one of my old friends from college and I called her, she was, one of her daughters was having a hard time, and I said, let's just go to adoration. So we went to adoration and prayed together, and she prayed for my kids, and I prayed for her kids. And and then when I go to Mass, I, I just, about a year ago, I decided... Because there's, you know, some of my kids, I'm not sure they're all, the older ones, are you, you know, if they're always going to Mass every Sunday. And I know some of my family members have fallen away from the Catholic Church, um, my extended family. Um, so after I take the Eucharist, I always just look at the cross and say, thank, like a silent thank you. Mm-hmm. And then I go back to the pew and I just pray for each one of those people mm-hmm. um, that are, that are, in my family that aren't with me at mass or family that's fallen away from the church. But one time I I had my whole family there and I came back from communion and um, and the the body of Christ dissolved so fast in my mouth. And I thought, wait a minute, and I'm not done praying yet. But then I looked down the pew and all my kids were there and Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I guess I don't need to pray for them right now (laughs) because they're getting the gift of Jesus, so. Um, yeah, that, that's been really nice. 
and my husband and I go to adoration together sometimes and that's always a gift absolutely that's beautiful Mm -hmm. and so in this in the time so you mentioned taking your friend to adoration with you Mm -hmm. um in when you go on your own, we like to ask our guests, you know, mm-hmm. how do you spend that time? Like, mm-hmm. what do you choose to do um, before Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament? In whether it's you know by yourself with your husband, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, what's what's your kind of go-to um, when you're visiting Jesus? Well, usually it's you know I I usually go in and then and I even though I try so hard not to just start asking him for things because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much on my mind for my family and yeah. my kids and things. So it's usually like five minutes of that, and then I realize, no, you need to just sit, and mm-hmm. you need to listen to what he has to say to you. you know. And um, a great example of that was um, a friend of mine who's a priest, and he was in adoration, and I remember he was sitting at the front with a notebook just right and like, like he was getting instructions from Jesus, you know, and he was writing it down. I thought, okay, I need to listen more so I can hear what he's saying to me, you know. Um, So I sometimes I pray uh, like a certain uh, out of a book, Mm -hmm. um, a holy hour book, or uh, mostly I think I just sit there and I stare at him and just thank him for for the wonderful gifts that he's given me. Yeah. Um, And just try and listen. And I also pray the rosary every morning, and I always say that sometimes, you know, your mind will wander, and it wanders in adoration, too. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it wanders to people or Mm -hmm. things that I need to pray for, and I think that's a gift. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, just because your mind is wandering, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's kind of God's way of saying, you need to pay attention to this or that, you know. Sure. So... In your story, you talk about um, just an opportunity that you give to all all of your children after they make their first communion. Mm -hmm. Can you share that with the listeners? Yeah, yeah. We always make it it a point to, after the kids make their first communion, to take them into the Adoration Chapel and and teach them that this is where Jesus is. Like, he's in your body and you're a tabernacle, a a little tabernacle for him. Um, but when you need to talk to him, he's here, you know, yeah. he's here is his presence. And I think it's important because a lot of the times the families get wrapped up in the party and the dress and the veil and the mm-hmm. <laughs> all of that. And it's really important that they know this is what it's all about. Yeah. You were speaking to as well of um, just your practice of pl- praying for those who have fallen away mm-hmm. um, and and so often, you know, as a priest and um, just as Catholics in general, we, we get the question of, like, how do we, what do we do for those who have fallen away? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, part of it is doing just what you're doing here today, sharing mm-hmm. your story, sharing your testimony. But the most important work, if we can call it that, um, is, is that prayer, mm-hmm. you know, um, and especially that prayer, bringing them to the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. It's, it's our way of bringing them to the feet of Jesus mm-hmm. and recognizing that ultimately the work is his, it's not ours. Um, and it, it's a way in which we love and it's a way in which we mm-hmm. um, really become part of the sacrifice of Christ that we say. Um, the, the ones that I love, the ones that uh, you know I care for and I want the best for, mm-hmm. um, I, I bring them to you here, Lord. Um, and and that that's a great gift, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's a it's a powerful prayer, 
And so, um, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage others uh, to to make that same act, that same act that as as you make, mm-hmm. and just just commending them to the Lord, um, most especially before Him in the Blessed Sacrament. Um, that that's that's the greatest thing that we can offer mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, I tried to think of something because Saint Therese is our patron saint, mm-hmm. and she was all about doing little things with great love. And I thought. What little thing can I do mm-hmm. that could have a big impact on my family and friends yeah. and that have fallen away from the church, yeah. you know? And it does feel really powerful. Yeah. Um, because I didn't used to do that. I used to just come back to the pew and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. say a little prayer, you know? But, mm-hmm. I mean, I can get really far deep into sure. <laughs> a long list of people that I want to pray for. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's really great. Like, it, it yeah. feels really good to be able to do that. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, one final thought. I, I um, You mentioned your your kids and, and loved ones who have fallen away from the faith. And I think um, at times when uh, people we love leave the faith that we love, it can, it can feel um, almost hopeless. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like a sadness that's paired with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sense a great peace and joy just in, in who you are. And um, and I just would love uh, to hear from you uh, just any advice or words of wisdom for someone who uh, might be praying for their their adult child or a loved one who has left the faith and is, is beginning to lose hope mm-hmm. or um, beginning to uh, fall into despair. What would you say to that person? Well, I have great advice that isn't my own, but I heard it um, at a talk that um, Dr. Ray Garendi gave, and I think someone asked that question, you know, how do we, what do we do when our kids have fallen away from the faith? And he said, you know, first of all, as parents, you cannot take that responsibility on yourselves. He said, Jesus perform miracles in front of people and he couldn't even get people to follow him you know <laughs> so so it, you know it's a hard job um, but what you need to keep praying and you need to um, just keep encouraging them I would say you know forceful encouraging isn't great but just uh, <laughs> suggesting and for me inviting people has always worked for me just yeah. keep inviting them um, you know, hey, we're going to Mass, mm-hmm. you know, on Saturday or whatever. You want to join us? Go out to dinner after. Invite people to adoration. Nice. Just see, you know, we're one of the awakened events. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I've mm-hmm. always felt like when people are invited, they feel so included. And I think yeah. especially after COVID and the, and the quarantine and everything, yeah. everybody got so, um, you know, isolated. Mm-hmm. So to to invite is is probably my my advice yeah yeah (laughs) great advice well thank you so much linda for taking the time to share (laughs) with us and um and again for just the the power of your testimony um i am confident that the lord will use it to (laughs) draw more people to his real presence in the eucharist that's great thank you for sharing thank you for having me Thank you for listening to the I Am Here podcast. You can read and listen to more stories of people encountering Jesus in the Eucharist at IamHere.org. And we also invite you to share your story with us. I Am Here is a campaign by the Archdiocese of Detroit and Hallow App in support of the National Eucharistic Revival.